Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Did you hear what Jawan Howard said to the game day football crew the other day? Asked why he came back to the University of Michigan. Jawan said, it was my time to serve powerful statement from the national coach of the year today we are talking to coach jody may jody is currently the head coach at albion college albion is a division three school in one of the best division three basketball conferences in america jody has been a head coach at albion since 2008 and jody has been with albion and his mentor the great mike turner since 1997 coach may also won a division three national title as a player Jody fell in love with the game of basketball because of countless hours watching his dad coach in Ohio. In 2019-2020, Coach May won a conference championship. It was the accumulation of years of hard work, grit, and belief, chasing two incredible Division III programs who were simply at the top year in and out. However, this championship season was more than getting scores and countless stops. This was about an extreme tragedy that impacted their program, the loss of a player due to death. There is truly no coaching playbook when you lose a player on your team, especially death. This is not a podcast about X and O's. This is a podcast about a coach who truly led his team in uncharted waters. Coach Jody May is a remarkable man and coach. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram, at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter, at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Jody May and tell his story. Real quick, before Coach Jody May's story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I have been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out MoneyballSportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys, and girls sports attire. Hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts. You name it, Moneyball has it. Get all your winter gear. Yep, I said it. Winter gear, ASAP. Truly, what are you waiting for? And if you are a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. The uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to moneyballsportswear.com. Shop away. Enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Jody, why do you coach? Well, I coach... I think because of the relationships and not, not, I think I know, I know I coach because of the relationships and the relationships that you form with the players. And I just think that the coach player relationship is, is different and very unique. Uh, It's different than a, a parent or a spouse relationship. And the, over the course of four or five years that you're with a player, you, you really become close and, uh, you know, there's nothing better than a, than a former player coming back to campus or, you know, reaching out to you after a big game or just reaching out for the heck of it. And I think it just means you've had a positive impact on their lives and, you know, you help them find their way. It's just very rewarding to develop those relationships and have them carry on for so long. So I think that that's the main reason why I coach is to, to help these kids and, and help them become men and, and better people in society. You are currently the head coach at Albion. You've been the head coach since 2008. 
I want to hit back on these relationships. Isn't it incredible when a young man comes into your program at 17 and 18, and then he leaves as a younger man at 22 and 23? Like, talk about that relationship over that four or five year span. It's so rewarding to, you know, and I try to go to every graduation and to, you know, see these kids walk across the, you know, these men now walk across the stage. It's so unique and you're just so proud of them to to know that they've come a long way from when they arrived in August from, from high school. And, you know, it's not easy to be a college basketball player. You go through some really tough times, you know, to make it for four years and to get a great education uh, as well. You know, it's, you know, they put some time into it and, you know, hopefully they feel like you've had a, a part of that as well, you know, because if they've had to endure a lot of things and gone through some tough times and there's some great times as well. Uh, they they make a lot of great memories, you know, but they've worked really hard for it. And, and it's just so rewarding to, to see them graduate and then to come back and to see you and, and see the program and see the players. It's there's nothing, nothing better. Like when you mentioned a memorable moment, let's let's go back in your past. You won a Division three national championship as a player in 1993 at Ohio Northern University. You were the team captain. But I read recently that your dad made a lasting impact with you and your love for the game of basketball. How so? I was lucky enough to be surrounded by some really good players, and I knew my role on the team was to pass them the ball on that championship team. But everything really does go back to my dad, and he he was a basketball coach when I was growing up. Uh, We moved to Elida High School in Lima, Ohio, um, because he got the head coaching job at at the school and, and a teaching job there. And you know, he ultimately became a, an athletic director and, and did that until he retired. But my first love of basketball was was going to all the practices and all the games with him growing up. And he was a he was a tough coach. He was always fair. You know, what I probably learned the most from him is was doing things the right way. You know, all the time, and no matter what the circumstances are, is doing the right thing is, is the best thing. And you know, it's really has been something that has influenced me to this day. But you never know what path you're going to have. But my first real love was was when I was young and and hanging out with the high school guys. I thought it was really cool. And and but you you started to develop a love for that that basketball that that uh, that stayed with me till today. What do you love so much about Division Three basketball? I think it's the ultimate level for me. Uh, I think it's Division Three basketball. I think it's the purest form. You know, they're not. We're not making money. There's not, you know, high profile. We're not on ESPN all the time, you know, and most of our players aren't going to the NBA. And, you know, so for me, you know, there is a balance between the academic piece and and the basketball side of it. And it's really important to have that balance. And, you know, these, these guys who come and play for Albion, they, they know one of the main reasons why they're coming here is to get a great education. And I think that that's, that's the most important thing. And, and, if you play the game of basketball in, your, in the competitive way, you play college basketball, you know at some point basketball is going to eventually end. And and then what, do you, what, what are you going to do? So getting an education is important so you can be successful when that time comes that basketball is over. And, you know, that don't get me wrong. Like, I think I, our guys work just as hard as, you know, Division One or Division Two players and, and it's just as competitive. It's just, I think the perspective of Division Three. It, it's a different perspective that you don't see every day on, on TV. And, and it, it is a pure form of, of 
college basketball and you know and I think that you know you can you can make an impact on these types of, of players and, and student athletes it's a true sense of student athlete um, for it so you know I, I just love everything about it did you always want to stay at the division three level or did you ever have aspirations or or did you just just always know that division three was what you know where you were meant to coach well I mean you always say, Hey, I want to go coach with the best. And, you know, I think that sometimes we think that just because that they're at a higher level might be the best, but you know, you always have that like, okay, you know, you dream about, you know, coaching in division one and, or, or coaching in the NBA or, you know, whatever it is and, and, you know, put yourself against the best. But, you know, I think you also have to, you know, realize where you fit in, in the whole, grand scheme of things and what fits you the best. And that's what ultimately, you know, through the years I've, I've come to realize that probably the division three level for me fits me the best. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I think there, there's some unbelievably great coaches in, in the division three level and, and it's highly competitive. And, but, it, but I think it, you have to figure out as a young coach, like, you know, what's your personality you know, what's going to, you know, where can you be happy and, and, you know, fulfilled and, and, you know, I just came to the realization that, you know, being fulfilled doesn't mean, you know, coaching at the highest level that you possibly can go to. So you talked about great division three coaches. Let's talk about your mentor, coach Mike Turner. You've been at Albion since 1997. You obviously had an uh, unbelievable run with coach Turner. What was it like though, working for coach Mike Turner. He's unbelievable. It, and it was uh, the ultimate blessing to uh, have a, a chance to work under him. And, you know, that it's not to say that I haven't worked for or played for great coaches. And, but I think he's had the most influence on me. You know, he, he's at, he's one of the all time winningest uh, coaches in division three. And, you know, I think it, he just had a, a tremendous impact on me and, you know, on how he did things and, you know, he stressed hard work and, and doing things the right way and developing relationships with players. Like we just, we clicked on a lot of levels and, and because we kind of had the same values and, and, you know, there really isn't a, a better person in, in this world. And, you know, we're still very close. Uh, he's a great mentor me, to me this day. You know, we actually live across the street from each other. You know, mowing my lawn should take an hour, but um, when he's outside, it's been known to take three or four hours uh, because we're we just sit in a, and outside on our lawn mowers and 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 talk and and you know, I I think you know if you're blessed to have a coach turner in your life uh, a mentor like that it's an unbelievable thing to have and and he's meant so much to me and you know he's not just a mentor but he's a great friend and and um you know I couldn't have asked a better person to uh, to be with me through this journey and and help me grow as a coach yeah i agree one of the most incredible men that i've ever been around just a beautiful man always always the ultimate gentleman to me. How did Mike prepare you, though, to be a head coach? Well, I just think how he was. I think how he was as a person. You know, I think he's a very trusting person. And, you know, I think it's one of his best qualities. And, and you know, he, he trusted me as an assistant with, you know, every phase of the program. And I had responsibilities with everything. And, 
he allowed me to have those responsibilities because, you know, because of that trust. I wasn't afraid to bring up new ideas because I knew he valued my opinion. And when you work for someone like that who, you know, really trusts you and, you know, values your opinion, you you don't want to let them down. And I think it it made me work harder because of that. And, you know, I think that, that the trust thing is something that I've tried to carry on. Uh, with my staff and and the players that we have. And, you know, we all make mistakes. But when you make a mistake, it's not, you know, you feel like, you know, it's okay because, you know, he put you in a position because there was a chance that you could fail and that you could learn from failing as well. And, you know, so I think that all of those responsibilities and, and trust was what really, I think, helped me you know, and, and making mistakes along the way is, is what really helped me as as a head coach. And you always think it, they think that you're ready, and but you never know until you get there. I think probably a lot like getting married in, in, in a lot of ways. But you know, I think that I couldn't have a better person to help prepare me for that. And you know, doing things the right way. And you know, he, he's he always said that you know it might not be the easiest way when it, when it's all said and done if you do things the right right way you can look yourself in the mirror and and you know be proud of of what you did and, and what you tried to accomplish one of the coolest stories is a former player of yours DJ Mosini shared with me recently is how I think you guys were in the office one day and he was a player senior year guys were watching Wisconsin and there was a wrinkle that you saw in their their flex offense or whatever offense they were running and he mentioned it to you and then you mentioned it to coach and then the next thing it was <laughs> it was installed in your program and I just thought it was like you know there was just so many flowing great example or so many great examples in that that like obviously the player relationship with you and then the, the trust that coach had in you that like hey let's try and make it work and I just think that's just like a it's a small thing but it's a big thing and it went a long way when DJ shared that story with me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great story and I quite frankly don't even remember it. So um, <laughs> maybe DJ made it up, <laughs> but I mean, I think that's the type of program that, you know, as a head coach, he wanted to have, he wanted to have those type of relationships with, with the players that they, you know, they could bring these things up and, and, you know, to share. And, and, you know, I felt the same way as an assistant and, you know, I think that, you know, when you're, when you're a part of something like that, you become more of a family and, you know, like we might not all just, you know, agree on things and there's going to be disagreements and, you know, all that stuff. But in the end we're together. And, you know, I think that you can give some power to the players and, and your staff when, when you allow the, that, that type of atmosphere. Time for a quick 30 second timeout, Coach May. Getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You'll also get a great looking podcast website. They provide audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening. To start your own podcast, follow the link in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this also helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. So you coach in one of the most competitive Division Three conferences in the country. You know, Coach Turner would always share with me, I think he, he might have won a title his first year, and then it was it was 
a long time that there were two teams in your conference that seemed to just battle every year. How did you stay the course and, and eventually win the 2019-20 conference championship? I think it's one of the, for people in Michigan and people that really follow college hoops, division one, two, and three. I mean, to me, it was just incredible every year to read like who was on the top of your conference and then you guys to see and kind of stay with it and break through. Yeah, it, it's an unbelievable conference and there's, there's a, a lot of, great coaches and there's a lot of great players and you know it's one of those conferences that if you don't show up uh, one night and I don't care who you're playing you're you're gonna get beat and it was a difficult year and I, I'm not you know and I'm willing to share you know we lost the uh, we had to go through a lot of adversity we lost a player a starter early in the season in November and he, he passed away and that that could have easily derailed a team you know I, I've, I've always said it, it's something tragic ha- happens like that you could you know either it could go really bad or it could be really good for you and uh you know it it, it really did bring our team together and you know if you want another podcast sometime i could go into more details on uh the whole thing and i'm, I'm actually trying to you know put together some things that uh, can maybe help other coaches and, and help them prepare uh, if something tragic like this happens, mm. and, you know, I, I'm, I'm close with Bluffton University head coach and athletic director, and they had a terrible accident with a baseball team in a, in a bus crash. And, and you know, the, I've, I've seen presentation of them and, and everything that they had to go through after the fact and what, what they learned from it, you know. So that that's the direction I'm trying to go of, of trying to, help some other if I can help one other coach with with this and I want to try to do that but you know for for a team to have to go through that they could have easily packed it in but they didn't they they really stuck together and and we became a really tight-knit group because of it and you know when it was all said and done we had won the championship and and don't get me wrong. We had some pretty uh, talented players on that team as well. Two weeks later, the pandemic hit, and so that that group has—they've really faced a lot of adversity. But I, you know, I, I think that you know they, they've learned a lot of life lessons going through this, and, and it's a credit uh, to them for you know having to endure what it, what happened and still come out and f- perform at, at a high level, and and you know, and, and to win a championship. So. You know, it's always great to win a championship. It's an unbelievable feeling. But for everything that we went through that year, it was uh, indescribable on in, in how we felt afterwards. As a coach, when there's a situation such as tragedy like that, how do you approach your team? Like, how did you, like, I, I can't even imagine, like, where you even started your process. Well, it wasn't easy. I was really lucky. And this is one of the things that I've, you know, if you're a young coach out there, I was lucky enough to to have Coach Turner by my side. And there's also Milton Barnes, who's a former head coach at Eastern Michigan. You probably know Coach Barnes. and Great coach. Uh, yeah, his, his son plays for Albion. and Very good um, player for you, yep. Mm-hmm. MJ is a good one. And, and our athletic director, Matt Aaron, you know, they, they were – I was so lucky to have those guys right by my side from day one. And, you know, so they helped me, you know, get through this. But, you know, managing the players was was really difficult. And, you know, I, it was just one of those that, you know, every emotion that you could go through with, 
you know, love and anger and cry tears and, and, you know, sad and just everything that, that you can imagine they were going through. And, and I think that, you know, we, we really tried to rely on, you know, some honesty, communicating that it was okay to show emotion. It was okay to be upset. It was okay to be mad and everything that they could feel. And it was really important that, that we needed to be there for each other. You know, one day you might be okay, but, but your teammate isn't. And you need to be there for them because tomorrow you might be struggling and, and they need to be there for you. And, and so it was, we just kind of took that mentality throughout the season. And, you know, we, we really wanted to, you know, do things the way, you know, Zach would want to have done things, things done. And, and, and that was kind of our mantra throughout the whole, whole season, you know, and it was very, very difficult. And, you know, it, it certainly could have gone, a different way and and you know but it's a credit to them for kind of sticking you know through things and and staying together and man if you can go through your coaching career and not have anything like you know that happen I think it's it's the best but when it happens it it hits you hard and and um you know so just you know being there for each other and and loving you know I still think we're dealing with stuff you know like I, I it, it it hasn't gone away and it's it's been a couple of years but it's still there and and you know it's still a you know we still have some players and some good players who had to go through that are still playing and and so you know it's it's something that we're always going to deal with and and we had a former alum come come and talk to our team and former basketball player of Albion and and you know he 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 talked to our guys, and one of the things that he said is, you know, you, you're never going to get over this, you know, this thing, but you can get through it. And and that hit home to me, and I think it hit home to a lot of players and, you know, kind of woke them up a little bit that it's okay to be upset and show emotion and those sorts of things that, you know, you can get through it. You don't have to get over it. And I thought that was really important. You guys winning a conference championship, it, it truly was bigger than basketball. And to me, it's, you know, personally, one of the greatest form of leadership and, and togetherness of a team that, you know, that I've witnessed from the outside. And I just the utmost and ultimate respect for you and your team. And, you know, I'm sure when you guys look at that banner 15, 20 years from now, you know, it, it'll just mean more than anything. Yeah, it, it really will. And, and you know, it, as a coach, you, you, you think that you can control the players. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned from Coach Turner is that you, you really do have to trust them. And, and, you know, getting a phone call or a text at 2 a.m. scares me to death now. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be very honest, you know, but it, it's also, you know, part of a life lesson too. And, you know, we, we talked about my dad earlier and, and, you know, I lost my dad four years ago and, but going through that process of having to deal with someone that was so influential uh, and having to deal with his death that was so influential on me, I think helped me through this. And, you know, a lot of these players hadn't, hadn't gone through something like this where they lose someone close, as close um, to them as, as a teammate. And it, it is a credit to them and who they were and w what they did. And, you know, I think that, having people close to me and helping me through it. I think we all, we all pitched in and I'm just, you know, ecstatic that we got to end that season on, on a positive note, you know, on a really, really happy note. 
So it, it was unbelievable. It really was. Yeah, for sure. You know, you mentioned your dad being a, a tough coach. I'm right now, I'm currently at the stage of my life where I'm like fascinated with words. I have a six-year-old, you know, just watching his vocabulary expand, <laughs> good and bad, but just this this power of words and how you can make such an impact, you know, on, on a young person's life. So what's your process in addressing your team after a win or a loss? Well, I, I go in there knowing to be very careful. <laughs> I, I try to be as short as I possibly can and not real, not brief, not you know, not real brief, but yeah, I'd be very careful about how much you say. I just think that, you know, sometimes games are really emotional and, and I think that you could say some, you know, say the wrong thing at the wrong time could really have an impact with, with your team. So and I'm not saying I always follow it, but I really try to have a rule of, you know, really commenting about the, about the game, you know, Wait, wait a night and watch the watch the video and and you know because there's there's a lot of times that what I thought during the game um, you look at the video and maybe it's not quite as bad as what you thought or maybe it's not quite as good either and I think you ha- you can have a better perspective on things if if you're careful with your words after the game and and you know I, I try after the game is if you know give some players some freedom to speak up and, and give me their thoughts and you know I think that's important but but for the most part we're we're pretty short with it and until we can you know really evaluate what happened and and really reflect on things and, and go in the next day that you have practice and, and really talk about it and you know maybe watch some more video on those things over the years now with the power of synergy and YouTube and all this stuff. I've, I've been able to watch your teams much more. I'm always fascinated by like how you've evolved as a coach. Like one year we played you when I was at Eastern Michigan and you, you had this matchup zone and then I've seen you play other different ways, but like, how are you constantly evolving? Well, I, you know, I think it's just, you know, at, at our level, it's really hard for us to recruit into a system. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, because of what our, you know, scholarship situation is and, and, you know, and so I think he, as a as a coach, you know, you you always have to figure out, you know, what is the best thing for your team. You know, you might tweak your offense a little bit, you might tweak your defense a little bit, just because of the makeup of your team. And I remember the first year that I worked for Coach Turner as an assistant, we had a a six ten post player. Who, you know, he was really good around the basket, and you throw it into him, he was going to score and you know, but he, he couldn't move up and down the floor really fast, you know, and so we had to figure out ways to, to play with him on the court and defend and, and what offense we're going to do. And, you know, as a head coach, I've started a 6-2 and a 6-3 post player, uh, post players and, you know, who were really athletic. They were number one and number three in the league and rebounding, but, you know, they were athletic, they could move and, and, you know, we did some different things. And so I think you, you have to um, know what's best for your team and, and kind of recognize that and tweak your system to, to whatever's best, you know, uh, for that. You know, but I, I think, you know, the best thing for me is like what I, you know, have evolved over, you know, off the floor. You know, I think that's been the biggest thing for me as a coach and getting married at, at a later age and I was 40 and she was 39. We had never been 
had kids or never been married and she's from Indiana. So she loves basketball. And she also was a coach, high school volleyball coach for 11 years. And so, you know, that's given me a different perspective of things. And, you know, you talked about, you had a six year old, six year old, and I've got a seven year old son. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's helped you gain a different perspective and a better perspective on things. And, you know, it's great to have a son who loves basketball and to be around our players. And it's great for our players to be around him. You know, what a, what an unbelievable environment for our sons to, you know, grow up in. And, you know, so I, and I think that developing relationships with players, you know, as I was growing up and, you know, I think the coach player relationship was different. Um, I think there was a lot more Bobby Knight disciples and who thought you could yell and scream at a player and it was the coach's way or the highway. And, and it worked a lot. And, you know, the, for the most part, the coach always had the last say. And, you know, I think some coaches still worked at developing relationships, but it wasn't a major priority for for them. And I, I think it's really hard to do that today. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still think kids want to be coached. And I still think coach, you know, players, players want to be held accountable. But I think to push them and to coach them the way they need to be, you know, to, to get the most out of them, you, you need to have that that relationship they need to know that you care for them and and so over the years i've tried to really you know work at those relationships even harder um, than than we have you know in the past and you know and and i think that tried to evolve and and you know getting our players and, and our team to learn from society we've got a lot of things going on right now and you know i think it's important for you know a program to have difficult conversations you know regarding diversity or you know and equity and you know those sorts of things and it's important for them to you, know, you create an environment where they can share your their experiences and we can learn from one another you know last year was a crazy election probably one of the most controversial elections of all time and and you know we had conversations about the importance of what it means to vote and you know, we encouraged every one of our players to, to register to vote. And we had 100% of our guys register to vote. I can't tell you if 100% voted. I think that they did. But in the past year, we've had the chief of police of Albion and our, our county sheriff and our director of campus safety uh, come talk to our players. And we had an open and honest discussion with them. And, you know, like our, our black players were able to share experiences of things that have happened to them and, and how they thought that, that maybe that they were racially profiled and, you know, being pulled over or whatever it was. And, you know, these officers then were able to respond and, and you know, kind of tell them how, you know, these things are inappropriate and this is how we're trained and this is how we do things. And so it was an unbelievable discussion to our players, you know, from all the races. And, you know, I think it helped see both sides of, of the perspective. and. You know, it's it's these kind of kinds of conversations that I think that we can make a difference in society. And you know, I'm, I, I want to try to use the small platform that that I have to maybe make a dent into helping making our society a little bit better. So, you know, I think it's things like this that you know, off the court, I think I've really tried to evolve and try to get better. It's not necessarily you know what's going on between the lines. That's important, obviously, but. 
but the, I think there we can use our platform in a different way and, and help, you know, with what's going on in society. Definitely making some uh, major impact with your kids. That's for sure. Talk about, you know, taking young men to men, big stuff there. You know, you mentioned recruiting and I've always admired your ability to recruit. And I just remember as a young assistant at the University of Detroit, I would see you and Coach Turner everywhere. And <laughs> Coach Turner would always just tell me, like, when the Michigan State playoffs starting, that's when recruiting really started. <laughs> and, you know, it was like a, it would be a, a, a marathon, not a sprint. And you guys sometimes with the Division Three model and just how kids are in general, you know, you know, you talked about finding the right fit. Well, sometimes it takes a little bit while for them to figure out the right fit. And, you know, your, your recruiting might go all the way throughout the summer so like how long did it take for you to figure out the division three model in terms of recruiting i think it's always evolving (laughs) i had a great mentor with coach turner and you know we we wanted to work really hard and we we didn't want any player to kind of slide through the cracks you know and and i think that you know the hard part about recruiting and i and i'm sure it's this way at, at every level but um it's really inefficient <laughs> and <Amen. laughs> but whatever we can do to try to be efficient in things and and we're still looking for answers with that i don't think it's you know we we have we have it down to a science yet but you know it, it's just trying to find what whatever that is and 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 i had a an Albion alum who was a really successful high school coach who's who's now gotten into the college ranks and he told me a story that now that he's on the other side of things he you know he always thought it was pretty cool that high school coach or college coaches came to his game you know and you know it happened he had a really good team so it happened a lot and you know but he didn't really think that much of it well now he's on the other side of it and he says, man, I didn't realize the sacrifices and the, and the hard work that it takes to, you know, go to these high, high school games. You, you don't, you know, I didn't appreciate that uh, from all the coaches who came. And so he's looking back and, you know, um, it is difficult. And I don't think there's an exact science, but I think we're always trying to keep improving and, and be efficient with it. And, you know, kids in Division Three, kids, you can try to call them early and all that stuff, but they're really waiting for, you know, the high major blue blood teams to call them. And it takes a while for them to realize that, you know, maybe those, those schools aren't calling, maybe I got to look at some other options. And, and, you know, that's, that's, we would always want to be there whenever that light bulb clicked in their head and, and, and to do things. So I, I think it's just, it's continuing changing and, you know, it, 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 and you know, this, it used to be where you could call up a, uh, a player, um, and you'd call their home phone, and you would eventually talk to someone um, if they weren't home. You, you might talk to mom or dad and say hello, and you know you could always talk to someone. But that that you know those times have changed, and you know now we're doing FaceTime, and and you know um, you can call the mom and dad on their cell phone, and and so that you just got to continue to um, to evolve with the times, and I I, I think that you know you, you got to keep keep on top of things. So it, it's, it, but it's very inefficient. So if you have any recommendations on how we can get better with that, let me know. <laughs> well, no, no comment, <laughs> but I've always really, I've just truly admired you and 
just i can't i can't say it enough just i don't know how you did it you're everywhere all the time so just <laughs> big time respect and then obviously you know it showed in the players you, you guys have recruited to Albion. so i always end the podcast what are some simple tips for young coaches uh well i I'd, I'd say you know be a sponge and learn as much basketball as you can you know i think it's important to go talk to other coaches and watch practices and you know, one of the best things I think I've ever done, uh, I've done it a few times and I haven't done it in a while, but is to have a coach's round table with five or six other college, you know, college coaches at, at, at different levels and spend a Saturday in the off season and just talk basketball. Each coach can present a few topics and, and then you have the opportunity to ask questions and really get into the nuts and bolts of something. And, you know, I really like clinics because you can learn a lot, but I absolutely love roundtables because of how much detail you, you can learn. And, you know, I think that's important to find out, and I mentioned it earlier, but find out what's best for you and your team. Uh, just because you see a play work on on offense or defense, you know, that you see it on TV and it was really successful, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for your team and putting your players to in position to be successful, I think is really important. And uh, it might not be the newest player or newest defense, you know, watching the Ohio state Michigan football game uh, last weekend really reminded me that sometimes as coaches, we try to get too fancy with things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the reason why Michigan won the football game is they went to just old school, running the football, grind it out. And, you know, I think that they, they want it because of that. And sometimes the simple and, and basic things are, are the best. And, um, and I think that, you know, the last thing is just kind of be yourself. Um, you know, I've, I've been really lucky to work and play under some great hall of fame coaches and, but I'll never be able to do it exactly how they did it. And, you know, I think it's important to take those experiences and the education and things that you've learned and put it to use within your personality and how you do things and, and just be yourself with things. Well, I am thankful for our little round table tonight. My respect for you has always been at the highest level and I've never, you know, tried to get caught up in division one, two, three men's women, so forth. And that's kind of what this podcast has evolved to, but I have always loved watching you coach from afar. You know, I follow your social media really closely and how you did tackle race some situations with race it just blew me away of the how you handled some situations you know and, and addressed race head-on with your team and what you shared tonight about the loss of zach and how you and your team dealt with an, a really tough situation an unfortunate situation a tragic situation and how you guys were able to rally and respond i'm really really thankful that you could share your story and you are definitely more than a coach you are a leader of men and i'm so truly thankful jody that you could spend some time with me and, and help so many young coaches. Well, thanks for having me, Kevin. And thanks for all the very, very kind words. And, you know, just, just trying to do, you know, the right thing as my dad always taught me. And, and, um, and, you know, what you're doing for, you know, young coaches out there and for all coaches, you know, really is, is an unbelievable thing. And, and, you know, to, to give back to basketball like this, so you're doing an unbelievable thing and, and how you're, it's been great to watch you evolve as a coach and, you know, redefine yourself and, you know, those sorts of things. It's a credit to you and what you're doing. So 
I, I appreciate you doing this and, and um, thank, thanks for doing it. And, and thank you for having me. That was a great conversation with coach Jody May. This was my first division three coach on the podcast. However, again, Coach May proved my point. Levels mean nothing. And I have said this multiple times. Coaches can coach. And Coach Jody May can flat out coach. We did not go into this podcast expecting to talk about the tragedy that struck his team and the Albion community. But Coach May felt that it was so important to help other coaches who, unfortunately, may be faced in a similar situation with their team or school one day. As the current director of basketball operations at Oakland and podcast guest DJ Mosini texted me, Dro, Coach Jody May was the coach of the year that season for any level in any sport. DJ, I could have not said it any better than that text message. Truly incredible leadership. Thank you, Coach Jody May, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe. Be you. Keep coaching. Happy holidays. And see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.